0: kind of do that otherwise that beef that whatever it is y'all gotta leave that at all and then also too this whole comedy scene can revert just back to a high school in which everyone just starts gossiping and it's all just like everyone's pretending to have sex a lot you know it's like it's not the case y'all okay in between sets so this is the part where we kind of like talked about earlier with like hosting uh, where i feel the biggest weakness for a lot of hosts is that they're doing too much in between sets. Your big set is at the open when you're opening, when you're first touching the stage, that's you opening. As you progress, you have to kind of play off of the comics. All right. Like, uh, there was one comic and she was like talking about, she just recently got COVID. She got uh, breast implants. And I, I, like she did her thing, she got off stage, and then I walked down like, damn, you got breasts. All I got was an ottoman, you know? And then just a little something, and then right into the next comic. So it's like a quick little give and go, all right? Think about that, all right? So as a host, it is about you, but it isn't, okay? That's like from the w- wonderful Tony Sparks right there, okay? So just FYI about that. Um, riffing works best in between sets too. You know, just to kind of like, it gives the naturalness back. Plus you're just going off of whatever the other comic did. And if you have material that is relatable to the previous performer, you can throw that in because it looks, it looks like, uh, you're like naturally coming up with it, but in reality, you actually had your material. So just be tactical about that. Uh, if, if a comic just bombs, uh, use that as a free chance to kind of like uh, get in some jokes because the, the room is cold again. You have to warm it back up, all right? So use that. But if a comic just killed, just kind of regather the room. I'll give it up for him one more time and so, stuff. All right, we're going to keep the show rolling because you have the heat now. When you got that fire, you pack, just keep on passing the fire. You'll get your time, all right, It'll come back to you because you also can close at the end. You know, even after the headliner and stuff, there's shows where you can say a little bit more depending on how it is. If it's a hot show, go with it. Otherwise, if it's a, a bomb show, then you can have, as a host, you have the responsibility to do more, okay? Um, and then closing out the show. If you're hosting, uh, give it up to the venue and staff again and all the comedians you've seen tonight. <sighs> all right? So that way, uh, mention any social media information. How? When's the next show? You know, already have that ready to go, especially when it's a hot show. Because now people you have people with the idea like, oh, this is how their shows always are. So ha- use that to your advantage. Uh, and then, thank you. Have a good night. And if you're producing, break down. <laughs> all right? But uh, that's been my whole producing, hosting info. I hope you all have enjoyed it um, and listened up to it. Uh, give it up for your staff and my wonderful Pam Benjamin, Yeah.
1: Yay. Yay. Anthony Medina, thank you so much. I learned a lot, actually, uh, just thinking about... I, you, you taught me a lot during... That was that was really great. Thank you so uh, much. All about you. hosting, rad. Uh, coming up next, we're going to have an open mic, and we'll be back. We're going to listen to a little bit more of Conbrio here. There you are, the headliner of the Noise Pop Block Party this Saturday here in the Mission, in the right here in the same district on 20th Street. Uh, Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival gets to open up that... Their festival at noon on their main stage on 19th Street. And then we have shows at Atlas at 2 and 3.30. So get your tickets now uh, for It's Cumbrio. No,
2: joys, half devil, half blood, to Truddle gone by don't mean no disrespect. But the beast don't like my scent, and I'm spent. I had to shoot him down. Walking around in your clean clothes, just sipping away the day. I'll take this wind and this cool liquor. I'll start my own trends. I'll
1: New Radio Comedy Festival, daytime podcast, fun time. Time we're gonna do a little open mic here during the day. Cause why not? We had time. Uh, I'll bring up I'll bring up Casey McNeil first, and then I'll bring you up. Cause this is actually gonna be hosted by a comedian all the way out of Boston. He runs something called Cambridge Comedy. That's usually a TV show, but today it's gonna be a radio show. Put your hands together, everyone, for Casey McNeil. Hey,
3: it's me. Thanks, both of you. Uh, it's great to be here. I didn't bring my notes, and I plan to actually work a little bit. I think so. Um, yeah. So we'll see. I don't know. I don't know how well my how well I can test my stuff. It's like testing it in the shower. I think everything is hysterical. Um, when I'm in there my name is Casey I'm gonna be hosting for a little while today thanks 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 again I appreciate that um, and we're gonna have a great show I'm from the Cambridge comedy underground we have a TV show in uh, Boston it airs in uh, Cambridge and it also airs in uh, the New York markets and we have been on three seasons it's a once a month show that got re- immediately shut down in the pandemic, and the studio has not allowed any outside access by anyone in two years now. We're hoping for a January restart, but so in the meantime, we're just out here having some fun. I thought, well, we have some comics from Boston out here, and I don't have a lot of comics to meet, and I thought, well, we can take a podcast and throw it up on our stuff, and then we can have even more exposure out there. So I'll just talk to you guys for a couple of minutes. I'm trying to think of the stuff I want to start out with. I'm broke. Anybody broke? Are you broke people? I'm talking like really broke. Okay, I have a question, all right? This is a question for my people of color, all right? I want to know, I think like profiling by the police, government, uh, institutional racism, terrible. We all know this. Well, what I'm trying to figure out is why we have not yet attacked the profiling by marketing companies, you know, like TV ads. How come all the ads on how come black people are always featured in ads on TV about bad credit? <laughs> right? It's like, hey, do you need really high risk insurance but have shitty credit? You must be black. I'm like, I don't get why they could even do that. You know, it's like speaking on behalf of the White Trash Network, I'm as poor as they come. I'm still hiding the fucking TV from Rena center I'm like, fuck you, finger hut. You'll never catch me, Columbia Record House, people. And I'm not returning those blockbuster tapes. I it has gotten so bad for me about being broke. I my 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 debit card got declined at McDonald's for a cheeseburger. The other day. Yeah, the guy goes, dude, this cheeseburger was declined. I'm like, come on, man. Can you try running it without the cheese? Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I didn't used to be like this. I used to be one of those high-priced consultants, uh, made a lot of money. I can remember when I said to my wife, um, you know, if if I leave all this money and just go out and become a struggling stand-up comic, will you still love me? She said, yeah, I'll love you. I'll miss you. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah, and then I heard, now things are so bad. Her, I overheard in Boston, my wife has a serious Boston accent and all that, and I overheard her talking to her mother like last week but oh you don't understand ma you don't understand my he had a record bad year he just had a case he had a record bad year you know like i was going for the fucking record right like no, this is as bad just about as bad as it gets uh so i don't know i try to find jobs and stuff like that but i i don't understand like uh they have these these the application process now has changed a lot in 20 years, right? It's like, I don't know if you guys know this, all these laws. I don't know what it's like in California. Back where I live, Massachusetts, uh, well, in New Hampshire, you don't have to declare a federal criminal background on a job application, which is right by our state. In Massachusetts, you don't have to declare your criminal background at all. And if you live specifically in my neighborhood, you don't say nothing about nothing to nobody. <laughs> okay oh the new stuff is killing um so uh so yeah so people said well casey maybe it's because you know you smoke too much weed and so that's why you can't get a job uh you have a weed problem i'm like weed is not the problem earning enough money to smoke weed is the problem that's why i need a fucking job and then people say well do what you love and i think well weed reviewer that would be the job for me right great job you know, I don't know if you guys ever heard the weed reviews, how, how eloquent and lovely they are like this. Oh, yes. You know, starts out cerebral, you know, settles into a body high. It has a musky scent with, you know, pine aroma and that, you know, but I'd be concerned like all of my reviews that sound the same and be like. <clears throat> That one's pretty good. <laughs> I liked it. If you like weed, you probably like it. Um, so then I think. Well, so then there's another job. I thought. Well, do what you love. a porn reviewer. You know, it's people that do that stuff too. Like you know, four boners, five and a half boners. And I thought, but you know, again, I'm concerned that all my reviews would end up the same. You know, I'd finish all like, and I'd be like. that was pretty good i liked it if you like porn you probably like it probably goes good with some weed um (laughs) oh my god what else are we talking about oh the dna stuff you guys done the dna stuff is very popular you guys done any dna you haven't done the dna testing i finally got to take one of those dna tests turns out i'm innocent uh they (laughs) yeah they uh uh i don't know why the thing, the thing they don't tell you i'm afraid to take that test like we didn't wear condoms in the 80s i don't know if they tell you this but the test not only reveals your ethnic background it also tells you who your fucking relatives are like if they've taken the test like that's not always the happiest news for some people like i've heard some stories you know like can you they should call it the records kid or something like hey did you get your 23 and me results i sure did let's see it says here i'm 50 percent french and 50 percent our neighbors my dad um but there's a there's a postman in Kentucky that has thirteen hundred illegitimate children. One county, one guy. By the twenty three of me people determined this. He wasn't even embarrassed about it at all. He said, Well, I had a really good Johnny Cash impression. <laughs> like really? That's all I did. Mean, that's that's that that's not even the joke. That's still the joke. It's, it's, I love it. That I had a really good Johnny Cash impression. I'm like, you I thought it was like go on a date, you know, get engaged, get married, have a kid, get divorced, meet somebody, go on a date, get engaged, get married, have a kid, get divorced. You know, no, this guy just did a good rendition of Folsom Prison Blues. He's slaying trim all over our county. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. I've been married three times, and I don't think I would want to go through it. Um, you know, again, uh, I have a much younger wife now. The Well, I mean, the first time I should've known it wasn't gonna work out. Let's put it this way. Um, Here's a line you'll never hear. I was dating a stripper and everything turned out great. (laughs) Oh, so my wife a lot younger and um, sex toys become an element in the bedroom. And when there's a sex toy in the bedroom, I feel like a comic on a show when I'm not the headliner. You know, because like after after the show to the headliner, my wife says, "Oh my God, that was fantastic." Then she looks at me and says, "Oh, you were fun too." Ah, oh, something from the back of the room. So you guys want to have some fun? Now I got I got the I got the room steaming for you, Anthony. It's just it's just hotter than hot. Anthony, this man that I'm about to bring on the stage, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna mangle this introduction just because he gave us a ho- a hosting lesson. Just an hour ago, I learned everything that I do wrong while emceeing from a grandmaster. But this man, I'm so glad to bring him up. He, is, he performs all over the county. Definitely listen to the podcast that he has on Mutiny Radio on emceeing. Please put your hands together for Anthony Medino. Keep yeah. going for Casey McNeil, yeah.
0: Thank you so much. I think, Casey, the last time I saw you was uh, in the Tenderloin the last last year or two years ago, man. So yeah, yeah I'm glad you made it out, man, all right? Because when you make it past the Tenderloin, man, you're going to do some great things, like fucking coming back to this Mutiny Comedy Festival, yeah? Uh, it was, I used to work in the vibrator industry. Yeah, I used to be customer service manager for a vibrator company, so like a high-end one, all right? So it wasn't like I was working in like 16th and Mission and stuff, all right? Uh, <laughs> I was like, but like uh, we, I would have like people call in, there'd be a, some guys would be like, you know, I, I, want, I want to get a vibrator for my wife, but I, I'm afraid she might not need me anymore. And I was like, well, dude, I don't want to talk to you right now. You know, <laughs> I can see why, you know, and the tricky part, too. I get it. I get it. Because the thing that separates what a vibrator can do is that it has RPMs. All right. You know what else has RPMs? A fucking car, y'all. All right. <laughs> a damn car has RPMs. But it's okay, cause they want that emotional connection too, all right, y'all. Uh I had to leave the the vibrator industry though, because it was a little shaky, you know. So there's my pun of the day right there, y'all. Um, it's trippy seeing uh the differences between pre-COVID to now post-COVID. Like uh, um, you know, I'm a I'm a former division one athlete in cross-country. Thank you. So, which means anytime a fight breaks out, I'm going to run and get help y'all. I'm going to run and get help. But it's true because prior to COVID, you know, when, like, if you look at me for the people out there in the tune world, uh, I'm look like a Mexican lost samurai or some shit right now. All right. So, but also when you see this six foot Mexican running towards you, I can see why people would move away from me. You know, it looks like an Aztec coming for like, what the, what the hell how he, they're back. How did, how did this happen? You know? But like back pre COVID, though, people were moving to me or moving away from me based on the color of my skin now. But post COVID, it was potentially on what's on the inside of me, y'all. Yeah? So see, sip weather right there, y'all. See, sip weather. Uh it was trippy, uh, just like kind of going through all this whole COVID thing. I right before uh that all went down, uh my ex broke up with me and then I qualified for the Boston Marathon a couple weeks afterwards, y'all. Yeah? So just letting you know, um, you can fulfill your dreams. Just totally ignore your loved ones, y'all. Totally ignore your loved ones, and you can accomplish your dreams. She wanted me to empathize. I wanted to exercise right there. What's the Uh, It's trippy though, like because I had to like live with like right before lockdown went down, I had to live with like eight or nine other people in the same place, like three floors and stuff. And I was just like, oh, this is where my life is going right now. All right, y'all. But now I got uh, like a little studio in downtown. I actually we're neighbors with Pam, so it's nice. We I could send her smoke signals, you know, (laughs) you know. So, but it's trippy, like just seeing like how we are now. Like I'm glad things are opening back up because, well, people are thirsty, y'all. People are super thirsty right now. It's to the point where fucking these dating apps are coming out with their own sports drinks. That's how thirsty people are. All right, now you got Barry swipe right, or aren't you a match? You know, so I was just letting you know. Uh, in my profile for my Bumble and stuff, I have like I just start off with three things because you know you you just gotta filter out some people, you know. And the first like it starts off with uh, please swipe left if judgmental about cannabis. So like. Me and Mary Jane have been in a relationship longer than any other, so I'm going to stay. I think that's why a lot of, like, my past relationships ended, too. You know, it's like, this guy smokes a lot. In the bathroom, too? I'm like, yeah, I don't know, helps relax. Uh, the second one is open relationships because I'm open to being fucked over, y'all. That's what that means right there. And the last one is L.A. sports teams, yeah. I know, like, people, like, like me, and then they find out from L.A., and they're like, ah, fuck this guy, you know. But it's okay, though. It's okay. That is, that's how I got, and then not only that, um, I'm a teacher, so like, uh, yeah, like, uh, I passed the FBI background check, y'all. All right, so no felonies. All right, now misdemeanors. <laughs> now you gotta have a little bad boy side, right? All right, what's it called? Um, uh, I grew up in South Central LA. A lot of people don't believe that because 'cause I'm alive. But it was like some interesting wildlife in South Central. Uh, first one, uh, the hood rat. Or the Hurata for the bilingual, y'all. You know, I I thought they were just in South Central, but nope, they're also in college as well, y'all. And they're also in college. Another one wild animal is the ghetto bird. The ghetto bird, very exotic to the inner cities of America. Uh, It's a police helicopter, y'all. A police helicopter, all right? And then not only that, you ever see, like, in those documentaries where, like, animals team up to help each other? Like a little bird cleans off the rhino or something, and then the rhino gives it protection and stuff. Same thing with this ghetto bird. It said it had a a wild pig on the ground, y'all, all all right? Has a very aggressive mating call. Kind of goes like, get down on the ground. You're like, whoa, dude, we didn't even go to Sizzler or nothing, man. Come on. At least entertain me. Uh, I'm bilingual, you know, so maybe that trilingual because I did do eight years of customer service at that vibrator company, you know. That's so why I like, I talk like this, but when I go back to LA, I talk like this, <laughs> but uh, it's just like trivia just kind of being bilingual. It's good for you for when you're applying for a job or from when you don't want to talk to white people, you know? One time this white lady, she came up to me, she said, excuse me, son, are you looking for God? And I responded back with no me speaky. out right way, right? No, she goes over, talks a little Latina lady. She comes over to me, says, oi joven, esta piscando Dios. And I'm like, damn, they got me. So I'm Mormon now. Uh, I actually grew up Catholic because that's what happens when you're Latino in South Central and shit, you know? Like, uh, by the way, my mom actually started finding out I was masturbating. She started noticing all the crucifixes blindfolded, y'all. She's like, why can't Jesus see? I'm like, because he needs to give me an hour too, ma. All right, I give him an hour each week. He has to give me an hour too, all right? Uh, but it's trippy. Like, uh, I had a religious experience on an Uber pool. On an Uber pool, I had a religious experience. Uh, you know, I ordered the pool and then as I'm waiting, cause you got that 12, 15 minute wait. Cause you know, you're, you're saving three bucks. Uh, <laughs> but like, uh, I, as I'm waiting, it's, uh, the Mormons are walking down, you know, and they're, you could tell they're like, they're, they recruited, you know? <laughs> so I was like, just standing and you know, when, I, I'd be good pickup for any religion. You know what I mean? Like, if they, like this guy knows some people, you know, he could, he could bring others, you know? So, and then, you know, I'm also like to engage in a good conversation and stuff. And then I could tell they're going to come over. And, you know, I was like, you ever tell yourself, like, you know what? Today I'm going to put myself out there. I'm going to talk to somebody new and stuff like that. And then you get into it and you're like, damn, that was a bad decision. You know, uh, <laughs> that's how I was with then. But then, uh, my Uber showed up and my driver was Mohammed. So I was saved by Mohammed. Y'all. I was saved by Mohammed. So I get into the car and stuff. And then next you know, I'm like, oh, thanks, Mohammed. You know, <laughs> thank you for that pickup. You know, he's like, oh, yeah, we just need to go pick up a uh, Jesus. I'm like, oh, no, I owe this guy money. You know, it's been a while since I've gone. And, you know, he's like, well, he always looked down at me like, where are you, Anthony? You am like, oh, I'm busy having a sex life. That's where I at, Jesus. Um, but yeah, that was my religious experience on the Uber pool. Um, it's like a uh, cool being back with like SF doing its thing and stuff. Cause like, uh, it was just like trippy when everything was like locked down and like the biggest club was like Trader Joe's at the time, you know? And it's like, I'm surprised Corona beer made it this far, you know, like there was <laughs> talks, they were talking about like, draw, like drop, like dropping and stuff. But like, you know, And it's trippy. Cause like, I look outside and it's like, oh, wow, this stuff's still going on. But we still got a lot of mass and stuff going on. I'm like, damn, every day it still feels like someone's going to rob me, you know? <laughs> Still that feeling, but it's be trippy to just kind of see like, uh, what we get technology develops from this. Like, I think we're going to get like a, a lot more, uh, like, have you guys been seeing a lot of, like the ed pills are all out now and there's like, there's like dozens of them now. <laughs> I am like, Oh wow. I guess I should invest now. All right. You know, late thirties, my mother look into it, you know, having the back pocket for a quick sec. But, uh, it's just also like, like with the technology and stuff, like, I'm trying to like figure out like like uh how people are going to move you know because now like people are coming back out again and i'm just like you know what we're going to shoot people out of cannonballs one day you know that's how it's going to be uh, it's trippy like going into like the vr world now vr like that stuff is like trippy because i'm like what the hell like how would you know what's reality after a while you know what i'm talking about and just like it's just like life is gonna be an ongoing thing of acid trips, y'all. All right, it's gonna be way out there. I'm I'm looking forward to uh, the day when we come become one with the AI, you know. And then they're like, ah, we don't need humans anymore. Uh yeah. all right. Like that's trippy. Like how like uh, the AIs are gonna like. There's some out there, but I feel by now one would already taken over, you know, because like they're so smart. They're like like, you like th- there was one movie where like a. Uh, They ended up becoming like in like multiple relationships and they're able to sustain that and i'm like so the ai is bisexual okay all right and that is how it's going down uh i do feel like by the time i'm in my 70s i do believe they're gonna offer me like hey why don't just download your consciousness into this robot and i'm gonna be like i do have a lot of aches and pains you know (laughs) So that's gonna be trippy. Whereas you know the, the kids these days, I ask them about that about AI, is like or like in kind of becoming one with consciousness. Like, yeah, I'll do it. I'm like, what? No questions asked. <laughs> like, you don't want to uh, honestly hold on to your consciousness and be like, ah, you know. But like, you know, like it's it, it, it's just trippy, you know. Like we're at, it's like we're on the verge of becoming like some type of super species. But then for some reason, like there's too much people like fucking shit up for us. <laughs> But kind of stay on your own path, y'all. Because there's a lot of like, people who just don't like you. <laughs> like, And it's like you can't let them kind of hold you down, you know? At the end of the day, you're like, who, who are you want to be having sex with more than anybody else? All right, y'all? Yourself, okay? So FYI, love yourself. I know it's tough for some comedians because they're like, oh, you know, like uh, you ever hear like that whole uh, tragedy is comedy or something like that? But I'm like... Yeah, but that's from a society that pushes negativity. You know what I'm talking about? So it's like like all the big drama stuff is like you know, I've been seeing fights early in the morning, you know, on my phone. <laughs> like I'm like, why is this fool punching this guy? I don't know, but I can't stop watching, you know? So it, it makes me wonder like what if we saw like positive things like besides just puppies and cats, you know? But like uh, if you started like watching more things of how people are successful, how people are like doing things differently and like coming out of a rhino's butthole and stuff like that. It was, uh, I I'll, was I'll, I'll just thinking about Jim Carrey there. I don't know why, but, uh, like I am looking forward to us kind of accepting the idea that maybe humans aren't not going to progress the world, you know? Cause like, as we kind of filter, like, you know, we're kind of part machine now. Like you ever like be listening to your phone and then you pull out like your headphones are all like all over the place or you you got your injected right now, you know? Like we are already like part machine, y'all. All all right, so I'd like to have us have the discussion now of possibly humans are going to be something different in the future. And next thing you know, we're going to have this whole like catch 22 and stuff, but except we'll be aliens and we're not going to need to have sex because we're super happy (laughs) or like ultra thinkers. Ooh, we, I got, okay. I, I went to space there. I did. I did. I went to space. I like this guy over here, man. This guy's like in space right there too, baby. Woo. All right. <laughs> How much time am I doing, Pat? Oh, Casey. Oh, okay. How much you want? Okay. Thank you so much, Casey. Thanks, man. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate it. Like, uh, if anything's good seeing you, man, like, uh, I like, I remember you from the last time and stuff, and I remember thinking like, oh, you know, my credit score was all good. I trust you, man. You know, all right? So thank you so much. Give it up for Casey
3: McNeil. Yeah.
4: And though you don't believe that they do.
3: They Anthony Medino. Yeah, we have a lot in common with the like the tough neighborhood stuff. Like, you know, you can shoot a few holes in the wall if you want me to feel at home. But you were talking about, like, the the ghetto burdens. Like, where where I live in Somerville, like, you never hear a siren, the cops are just always there. He's just like, boo! You're like, that's how boo! And my hair is boo! Oh my God, are you guys having some fun? I'm having fun, are we having fun? I think we're having fun. I'm having so much fun, I wanna bring up another festival comic. He's a local guy from around here. We're so glad to have him on the mic. Dash Renault.
5: Thank you, thank you. Yes, dude! Dennis Hopper, ladies and gentlemen thank you uh casey was talking about the whole 23 and me thing my parents did that recently and we found out that i'm related to stephen colbert i hope he also got a notification <laughs> uh anthony was talking about the experience of being latino and dating see i'm paying attention i'm doing the I'm, i learned from your set about the how important it is to on people my girlfriend is latina and uh the other day i saw this t-shirt that says, chill out, bro, I'm legal. And I thought, man, I am totally gonna have to get this for Jessica when she turns 18. <laughs> of course, now you want me to reassure you that my girlfriend is not, in fact, 17. Of course not, I just said she hadn't turned 18, you know? She could be 14. I'm sorry, I know not all ladies are familiar with or comfortable with jokes about math. Um. But, yeah, you know, it's not like I could ask her for proof of identification. That'd be racist. You can't ask a Latina to see her ID. Come on. Um, I don't know if you've been to the zoo recently, but they've got these signs all over the zoo that says, No Moleste Los Animales. (laughs) Have you seen this? What's going on in the Spanish-speaking community, you know? I tried to broach this with my friend. who was like, no, 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 it's, it's just a bother. I said, no, it's not just a bother. You need to stop molesting the animals, seriously. Um, You know, back during the Trump administration, they were actually deporting people just for speaking Spanish. They caught a guy in Virginia speaking Spanish, they deported him for that. They need to send out a warning. I don't remember in third grade when I had to choose between Spanish and French, like one of these options might get you deported. The other option might get you a hand job in college. Um, I'm a doctor. Not the uh, not like a medical doctor, but uh, you know, as long as Jill Biden's a doctor, then hashtag me as well. But uh, no, I got I got one of those legal doctorates. I mention that I'm a doctor in case there are any women out there listening uh, who might also be doctors, because there's a study that says women with doctorates are principally interested in dating men with doctorates, and I think that's really interesting because there's also studies out there saying that men are principally interested in dating women under the age of 25. So. Those ladies better hurry up. That's a tight, that's a tight time gap. Um, but, yeah, I live here in San Francisco. I'm a single dad. My son goes to public school here in the city. His mother is not pleased with that. She's worried that he's going to end up on the school-to-prison pipeline. I had to explain to her, Elon, I know you haven't been around much these past few years, but uh, our son is still white. Um... But it's pretty appalling that we have a school-to-prison pipeline in this country. Who signed off on that? I don't know if you've ever heard of a little project called Keystone XL, but it is almost impossible to get a pipeline off the ground in this nation, and yet we have a school-to-prison pipeline. Seems wrong. Um, Parenting throughout COVID was difficult. It was very interesting, trying to, like, raise a kid locked up in the house. I got to see my son's entire sixth-grade experience play out right in my living room. school bully would make him venmo over his lunch money but uh yeah i'm glad that he's back in school i think it's much healthier that he gets bullied in person better COVID was a weird time i uh i'd always wanted to have a rescue animal anyone else here fan of like rescuing pets and stuff rescue animals i'd always wanted one so at the beginning of covid i drove down to stockton and i dropped my dog down a well it's okay we got lassie's help he's rescued now um now, the one thing that prevents me from rescuing a dog, honestly, if I would really love to rescue a dog, but call me selfish, I could not handle it if someday his birth mother were to show him and decide she's ready to take care of him, you know? See, the, the woman gets the joke about adoption. Men don't know about all of this. Um, this is fun. I'm so glad I get to participate in the festival. This is just my third year running, participating in the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival, ladies and gentlemen. It's such an honor. Um, I had some really amazing barbecue recently, and I want to say that it was the best barbecue of my life. It was certainly the tastiest barbecue of my life, but the next day it made me violently ill. It gave me total food poisoning. And looking back on it, I probably should have picked up on the serious red flag, which is that the mother of the pit master, who was also really involved in it, found me in the restroom and said this one expression I'm sure you've all heard at some point before. Hey, shake it twice. After that, you're playing with it. You guys remember hearing that? you have heard people say that before. What an uncannily immoral thing to say. That is just an abjectly wrong statement. No one just gives up after two shakes. You know, you're going to ruin the rest of your day if you try and call it at two shakes. You're going to be walking around like this with urine dripping down your pants. It's horrible. Also, the inference is that if you didn't stop at two shakes, you're now playing with it. It's like, what, am I supposed to finish masturbating in front of this urinal? Like, oh, now I'm telling jokes about terrible things as children are walking down the street. At least you close the door in time. All right, before we lose Anthony Medina, ladies and gentlemen, since he was talking about AI, I'm going to leave you with this little joke. It's one of these little insider tech secrets. Have any of you ever wondered why Siri, Cortana, Alexa, all these AI digital assistants, they're all female? Have you ever wondered why they're all female? I'll tell you the real reason. The real reason we make these digital assistants female is that creating a female digital assistant only costs 82% as much as creating a male digital assistant. Is. Some good savings. Alright, you guys have been amazing. Give it up for your man Chase.
3: Keep it going for Dash Renault. We're here at the 2021 Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival, the sixth annual. Hosted sponsored by the wonderful, immeasurable, innumerable. What other bulls are there to describe you, Pam Benjamin? You're the ultimate bull, Pam Benjamin. Yay! And we are having some fun this afternoon. We're going to keep some comedy going. And so I want to bring up a man from Chicago. We had some very nice lunch the other day. Put it together for Ebo Brewer!
6: I have a bad back, Uh, so I sit down. No matter what the situation, I sit my ass down. cops could pull me over and be like, sir, can you, can you do it? I'm not going to do shit, but sit my ass down. All right, I'm gonna sit on this curb and we handle this situation. I know I'm going to jail. Might as well sit my ass down right now and y'all figure out how y'all gonna put me in jail. Cause usually that's how a stop goes for me. It's like, all right, so when are they going to figure out when they're going to take me to jail? That's just, <laughs> that's just the thing. It's funny during the pandemic, um, there were still problems with, uh, with uh, cops shooting black people, Um, I mean, like that. It, it's funny how being black was more dangerous than COVID to cops. Like, it's like, I'm not gonna take that damn vaccine, but I'm gonna put my hands on a black person. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> that's amazing. Um, It's funny because uh, the, the 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 vaccine it made all the Black Lives Matter allies. That's what they call you know the the people that are non black that stand for. Uh, Black rides are allies. I'm an ally. I'm like, you know that means that that, that means that you're willing to um, sacrifice your life for a cause during a point of conflict. That's what an ally is. You're my ally. That means you're going against the access. And that means risking your life. But shit, let it mean you keep having to wear a mask. You stop becoming an ally real quick. He's like, you didn't take the vaccine. Why didn't you take the vaccine? Well, systemically, there's a problem with vaccines and black people. So when we take a vaccine, usually there's some sort of experiment going on, which leads to things like sterilization, um, euthanization, and all sorts of different negative effects. So we don't really trust the federal government. Why don't you just put on the mask so I can go play? I mean, I see what you're saying, but but can you just put on the mask so I can go play outside? There goes that fucking BLM shit. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Like, and then people like uh, they don't understand the concept of being black and what it entails, but they're ready to fight for it. It's like it's not it's not Coke versus Sprite, bitch. It's a it's it's race. It's a <laughs> there's a history involved, and right now they're trying to erase the whole history and act like it it, it didn't exist. Like they're just trying to teach like slavery, slavery. <laughs> it's like uh, like that like it's like slavery was the worst part of being black like the slavery because everybody's owned slaves. Slaves are a part of the human experience. There have been slaves from the beginning of time somebody was like, you know what man I feel like putting you in chains and making you do shit for free. That is just a part of being human, you know but the the, the unique thing that happened in America after they freed us, they were like, hey, 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 what y'all doing over there? We're being free. You freed us. Remember? You said like, you know, emancipation, proclamation. You freed us. So we're going to go over here. We're going to build a town and, uh, you know, turn up. So uh, we're free over here. No, no, no y'all don't need to come. Y'all stay over there. We're going to be free. We don't need anything. We got everything we need. White people were not a fan of that at the time, because um, we had all the skilled labor, because of slavery. We knew how to do shit. Uh, and they were not a fan of that. They bombed us. a matter of fact, every time there was an aerial attack in the United States, it was against black people. And there were multiple ones. Yeah, it is crazy, isn't that crazy? Huh? Anytime planes were used, wasn't against terrorists, mm-hmm. wasn't against an invading army, it wasn't even during World War Two. Or the war of 1812. They didn't figure out how to fly yet during 1812. So, but they can get some planes in the air for some niggas. I tell you what, they bombed the shit out of us twice, and a lot of people know about because of uh, Marvel. Um, they know about, uh, you know, was it was Marvel did the watching. No, it was somebody else did the watching. It was Marvel. No, it wasn't Marvel. But some comic book show, they they figured out, like, oh, that that, that happened in the United... That, that was real? That really happened? Oh, my God. Happened twice. There was this uh, organization called MOVE. They were uh, trying to just... just Man, we were just trying to feed ourselves. We were just trying to get away from... Again, just getting away from white people. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, man, uh, y'all doing some fucked up shit to us. We're going to feed our children. And whatnot and what have you. And we're going to have these buildings... Then we got bombed again in the 70s. These some good ass bombs. They lit the whole block, they lit blocks on fire. And then when the fire department came, they're like, no, 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 let that shit burn. Is that not fucked up? I know, I know. But here's the rub. Now, in 2021, they tell us like, you know what, you guys, you need to pull yourselves up by your bootstraps, all right? Slavery, was decades ago you're still in poverty you need to pull yourself up and stop stop making excuses all right stop making excuses black people build up your community so we can burn it to the fucking ground again because we love that shit that's what makes us happy i know it's uncomfortable i'm sorry white men i'm sitting here with three white men it's and un- and you know what the thing is the thing that's beautiful about black people is that we don't hold a grudge. We don't. Sometimes I wish we did, but we don't. We don't hold a grudge. You know, because we still as much as you fuck with us, we still let you do shit with us. Look at Eminem. You know, we let Eminem, M. like hey man, you know what I like those bars, fam. Come on. You know? Kenny G He's like, hey, toot that horn, white boy. Come on. You need to take a lesson, white people. Let us get in on some freedom. You know, like we share our music. Share some freedom. Let me walk down the street with a gun. I'm not going to shoot you, I swear. I just like guns. It's, I'm a big fan. Big fan of guns. Guns are fun. I mean, you could shoot them at anything, and it's fun. But... um. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I just want to be a part of the whole American citizen process. I am a big fan of American citizenship. I would like to do that. It looks fun when I watch it. I was watching that thing that happened at the Capitol. That looked like a good time. Just walking into a federal building, throwing shit everywhere. Man, that's like, that's freedom. That's actual American freedom. And that looked like a good time. Uh niggas can't get involved in shit like that we can't i mean we can't even start a basketball game in front of the Capitol. if we just get there it's like there's five niggas there that's a whole team shoot them no so uh it was just fun watching freedom be expressed um and you guys did it you guys did a damn good job i mean i know it wasn't you guys because it was the people that didn't lose any rights that is amazing that's amazing in this country. Like people that don't lose rights be the most mad about rights getting lost. It's like they're taking away our guns, our jobs. Like, do you have a gun? Yes. Do you have a job? Yes. The when they get taken away, fuck you. All right, they're taking away our freedoms. Which one? You know what, you know, you're pretty, you know what, You that's not the point, but they're going to win. I don't know. I don't get the debate. I don't get. I don't, I don't get the outrage. I don't get any of it, because like as a person who doesn't actually have those rights. I'm like, wh- like so. Uh, pray tell, what have you lost over the past ten years, as far as freedoms to be expressed in this country? I'm just sitting there and just like, what, what, like, have you have you ever just been walking down the street and get the shit beat out of you? and not by somebody that was eventually caught and charged with the crime for imposing upon your rights. Anybody, 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 any any people, no, no, no? Yeah, so you guys are still free, hey, yay, America's free. It's a bastion of hope for everybody, except a few people. And I don't understand how Asians skip the line like with freedom shit, like, like we were like, oh, Black Lives Matter. We're going to get rights. We're going to stop the cops from fucking with us. And then all of a sudden, we need to stop this Asian hate. What? What the fuck? What Asian hate? What is it? Everybody watched Crazy Rich Asians. They made a lot of movie money. What? What? And then the first person, you know, the first charge that was uh, the first time the law was used, the, the bill was executed against a person. You know who was executed against? A black woman in a nail shop. Because she didn't like the way her nails were done. That's what the fuck they supposed to do? What the hell? You, if anything she should get my goddamn nails right, you don't, you own the shop. And a and an off-duty cop came by and was like, "You know, I need to protect these Asians from this black woman's words." Cuz black words are apparently destroying Asians. We are good at making fun of Asians. I'm. I can't, I can't deny that. We will clown the shit out of some Asian people, and that will not stop. Not as long as they drive how they drive in Koreatown. I don't care what anybody say. You can. You could You could can cancel me. I've already been canceled. I don't give a shit. But as long as these motherfuckers get a turn signal right, take three lefts in one road. I don't even know how you do that. How do you make multiple lefts in the same road? Go to Korea Town. So that's really all I wanted to talk about. Um I'd like to thank you all, Caucasians. I appreciate you. I appreciate you all. Thank you.
3: Ebo Brewer, ladies and gentlemen, I have only one correction. And that is a bold thing for a white man to say. But Ebo says in 2021, they're telling us you got to pull yourself up by your bootstraps. I got news for you, man. I'm 61 years old. They've been saying that shit for 70 fucking years. Okay, it ain't just 2021. Oh, now all of a sudden they're telling you to pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Meanwhile, you're in. A, they got a system that's designed to fucking keep you down the whole time. And yeah, so that's. That's my piece on that. So yeah, it ain't 2021. It's been that's been a fucking lifetime uh, that. Yeah, so we're having some fun now and I want to bring up somebody that comes from my, my neck of the woods. Uh, The first time, I I think maybe it was the first time I saw you. I don't know, most of the time I've seen this man perform has been in a really, really nice little room in Quincy, Massachusetts called Maggie's Lounge. We've done Pick side, Stupid there together. A great podcast and uh, some good shows in that. And he's hosted a great mic there. And I'd like you to put your hands together for Sean Rosa.
7: Thanks, Casey. Thank you, everybody. Yeah, uh, I am. Uh, uh, it's been nice to get out here and, and come to San Francisco. I've been here for a few days and it's been so nice everybody is so kind and affable and just open with one another to the point where it's made me sort of have uh like an existential crisis you know to the point where like i've i've kind of thought that maybe i don't have crippling social anxiety as much as i've just lived my entire life in boston you know, it's just like, oh, maybe conversations are a lot easier when you're not worried that somebody is going to yell at you because the Red Sox played that day. Um, Yeah, San Francisco is very, very nice here. I saw something that I had never seen before here when I was walking around. I saw a padlocked porter potty. I had never seen anything like that before. I was like, "Wait, are are they concerned that people are going to steal the poop?" Like that like like poop thief sounds like a weird crunchy slur for gay people anyway. It's like, "Oh, the you got to watch out for the poop thieves in the Castro." Um I hey, I suffer from Uh, major depressive disorder. I'm really glad there's been such a huge push in the last few years to destigmatize depression and anxiety, uh, especially because it enables younger and younger children to come forward about their experiences with mental illness. And like I was diagnosed with major depressive disorder when I was 20. And the worst thing about being diagnosed with major depressive disorder at 20 is They don't let you redo school. You just got to play on with the shitty score that you shot. You don't get to call a mulligan or anything. It's just like, oh, I had this debilitating disorder that caused my grades and social skills to suffer. That explains everything and changes nothing. Why would you tell me about that? I am so... Like, there is, like, I'm. I feel it. It's great to talk about mental illness, and the w- I think the more that people talk about it, the easier it becomes. Um, there is this persistent idea, this idea that stand-up comedians are all these irreparably broken, sad clown people, and that could not be further from the truth. That is not even remotely the case. Most people who do stand-up comedy are happy, healthy, well-adjusted people, and that makes it so much more incredibly frustrating that I am not. Oh, it's like, oh, I could have been fine and things would have still... Um. I started seeing a therapist uh, during COVID, a new therapist, and it's been very nice. Uh, therapy on lo- doing therapy online has been really great because it makes up for all the other times my computer has told me to kill myself. It's like, oh, I uh, this new therapist is great. Better never uh, get into an argument about which video games are good and, or not. Um I I think that dealing with depression has made me a much more empathetic person. Uh you know, just trying to relate to people and their experiences. Like for example, like one of my best friends came out as transgender a few years ago and talk like it it was really great having somebody like that I knew that well come out to me, and like before she had ever come out publicly, it felt really good. It felt like I got to meet someone I had known. Like it, it felt like I got to meet a friend of mine again for a second time, which is great for me as somebody who suffers from crippling social anxiety. Because it's like I love meeting new people as long as I'm well acquainted with them first. Like I remember. Yeah, there, are, there are. Um, like I remember, like th- like when she came out to me, just reading and studying up on like trans issues and culture and things like that, and I realized that I, I, I think the trans community got it right with the whole having you, you can just pick your own name. I think more people should adopt that like like I think cis people should adopt that. Like if you are like, you know what? Screw Dave. I'm Andre now. You don't have to be trans to be Andre. You don't have to be a giant to be Andre. You could be Andre of any size or any gender. But like like I like my name, but that doesn't change the fact that I am a Sean from Boston. You've maybe heard... You've been listening to me for a little bit. I don't really present as a Sean from Boston. If you're hanging out with your friends and one of them says to you, yeah, hey, uh, my friend Sean from Boston is going to come by, your first thought isn't sensitive heartthrob? I I can't wait to meet this, this uh, handsome poet genius... No, your first thought is, oh, no, I'm going to watch a man yell a racial slur at a fire hydrant. And it's not a question of if, but which one and why. Um, before, like, my friend who's transgender, she told me this story about how the first time she had ever tried to come out to somebody, and it was in high school, she told her high school girlfriend that she had this feeling that she was a woman inside and that she wanted to live, hopefully, at some point in her life, live her life as a woman, and which is such a heavy, heavy thing to have to come out and tell somebody, especially in high school, because I don't know if you've met high schoolers not the best with expressing themselves and their emotions. Like, for example, when I was in high school, I didn't feel comfortable telling people that I didn't think the band Fallout Boy was that good, which uh if you can't see me, uh you know I I just have this swoopy hair and it was even swoopier in high school. So that so I know what it feels like to tell people that maybe your insides and outsides don't quite match. Um but her high school girlfriend told her oh if you were to ever come out as a woman and live your life as a woman that's great but i would break up with you because i'm not attracted to women and i just thought my first thought when she told me that was tell me where she lives right now i will fight her i i don't know how great of an ally you think you are but i don't but you have you ever threatened to Find a stranger, knock on their door, and when they answer, shake them to the point and scream in their face. Don't you know that love conquers all? But my friend, she was so cool about it. She was like, "No, don't you understand that? That is like that was her way of affirming my identity and respecting my my feelings about myself and the way that I identify." And I was like, "Oh my God, you're so." Right, that is the nicest way anybody has ever said no homo. Uh, all right, that's uh, I'm gonna wrap it up there. Uh, thanks everybody for uh listening, and uh, let's give it back to Casey McNeil.
3: Keep your hands going for Sean Rosa, yeah. I think. I think I wanna be yeah, I wanna be known now as Maurice Fierro for the rest of the day, Sean. Okay. I won't take out but Maurice Fierro sounds good. That's I think Sean's right. You shouldn't have to be like transgender to be able to do bold and unusual things in your life. Like like you guys know who the who the coach is, the, the of the of the Patriots, Bill Belichick. Yeah, I think it would be really cool to find out that he celebrates a win by going home and dressing in drag and playing with My Little Pony or something. I think that would <laughs> be a real win for the rest of us. Uh, so let's, uh, I got—I have to have the list now so that I can keep this list going. Okay, we do have a great list. Oh, my goodness. I'm so glad to see this name on the list. We have a great guest with us here right now. Please put your hands together for Lou Wyatt. Do
4: you.
8: Yo, yo, (laughs) how is everybody? (laughs) Me too, me too, hashtag me too. Um. (laughs) Sorry, that just came out. Um. No, I've been doing some soul searching lately, and uh, this might be a little controversial to say, but I found out I was racist. I hate white people. (laughs) I fucking hate us. It's embarrassing. We claim white privilege doesn't exist. Explain tiny houses to me. You're never watching TLC and it's like Tyrone and Shanique are like, yeah, we really want to downsize from this apartment in the projects. You know, it's always like this white couple. It's like, you know, we just couldn't keep up with the six-bedroom house. Um, we wanted to uh, live a little more min- minimalistic. Like, so you want to pretend to be poor? <laughs> Is that, <laughs> that's what's going on? It's upsetting because my mom is in a tiny house, so (laughs) this is close to the heart for me. I hate my mom. (laughs) She is also white. (laughs) (laughs) There's like, you know, so much white pride these past few years, the Trump years, I'd say. Kind of freaky, you know, like Florida is pretty prideful, but I feel like Texas kind of takes the cake, (laughs) you know, it's like. Run by a bunch of old whites. So I guess the abortion thing makes sense, right? (laughs) Because, like, if I was an old white guy running Texas, I don't want anybody to know I got my daughter pregnant. (laughs) So (laughs) their excuse is they don't trust the doctors. (laughs) But, you know, abortion is a pretty touchy subject. Um, I do like when celebrities get involved in these conversations. You guys uh, know Uma Thurman? Quentin Tarantino heads out there. Sweet, sweet, me too. Um, Yeah, she came out with a story uh, just to get in the conversation. She was a young actress, 15, traveling around Europe, you know. She fell in love with an older guy. She never said who. But um, she got knocked up, and uh, it pretty much would have ruined her career. We would have never seen the twist in Pulp Fiction, you know, never seen Poison Ivy in live action. She could have not done that one, but um, but you know, she said she, she had a difficult conversation with her parents and they came to the decision that, you know, the point is she had a choice. She made the choice, it was her choice. But the weird thing about it, <laughs> she said she had already named the kid Bill. So <laughs> she killed Bill, ladies and gentlemen. I think that's where they got the idea for the movie. <laughs> <Well> <laughs> I'm just trying shit out here, okay? <laughs> but again, like I said before, I'm racist. Um, which sucks, because I did a 23andMe to try to like justify my racism, and I found out I was 53% Nazi. Bummer. <laughs> so, any Jewish people, I apologize. But I'm also 0.3% North African, so y- you guys owe me an apology kind <laughs> of. Having fun. We're having fun. Be any radio. Love it. Um any relationships? You guys dating anyone? Cool. <laughs> Happy to hear it. Uh Sometimes I get into fights with my girlfriend, you know. There's things that you can't help. Not everyone lines up politically, as we've learned, by watching the news. Um, But yeah, I was in the bathroom one day. I forgot my phone. And when I don't have my phone, I just start to read some labels, you know, like toothpaste, soap. I usually do this so I can set stuff aside to test out on my dog if it hasn't been tested on animals. Because I want to make sure it's good enough for me. But no, I got to her tampons. Luckily, those were tested on animals, so (laughs) didn't have to put one in Frank. Um, But yeah, it said made in Israel on them. And for a guy who just found out he was 53% Nazi, this is (laughs) a bummer, you know? Um, I was upset, and I came out, and I'm like, babe, are you taking a stance here? Picking sides? You're gonna support Israel with your own blood? Um. Baby, I don't think you should trust them with your vagina. They can't even contain their own mess. You know? There's like as many dead children in Israel as in Texas. That's another thing. Back to abortion. (laughs) The fun stuff. I don't understand. Like, at least if the doctors do it, don't they go to heaven still? Because I've heard some stories about babies like hanging themselves and (laughs) get it an umbilical joke maybe I should have cut the cord on that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh god hopefully I do better later <laughs> but uh yeah dude and like everyone's upset like confederate monuments take them down I'm like yeah we could take them down but why don't we just build like a little theme park call it like klu klux disney clan or something I don't know <laughs> you know and all the racist whites can go to, like, Minnesota and check out their statues, but if they hand in, like, their clanhood, they get free entry <laughs> so they can never hide behind a mask again. <laughs> you know, keep everyone happy. I don't know. Um, hmm. Yeah. No, sorry, I was just thinking about how much I hate you white people right now. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I just remembered <laughs> I just remembered why. I hate you guys. You have no sense of humor. No. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's what it's all about. Um anyone have a racist grandma? Perfect. <laughs> uh my grandma's so crazy, uh the first time I introduced my girlfriend to her. She knew we were moving to San Francisco. She loves Fox News. Let's just preface it with that. She goes, hey, if you guys run into Nancy Pelosi on the street, could you shoot her? (laughs) This is my grandma. Hey. (laughs) This is what you're getting into. But, I mean, I guess she... Does have dementia, so she gets to play that card. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I didn't mean to say the N word at brunch. I'm like, Shut up, grandma, <laughs> crazy bitch. Um, I'm from Pennsylvania. If that seems cool and fun and interesting, probably not. But uh, you know, another reason I did that 23andMe was just to make sure that I was fucking my cousin. It's kind of what we do there. I have a uh, my sex sheet. I put a little hole in it, no, no kissing, no (laughs) face stuff, you know, (laughs) it's pretty good. (laughs) Back to the tampons though, uh, we, we, we did come to, uh, what I like to call our peace agreement kind of, it's like, I'm like, all right, baby. You can use these Israeli tampons, but we're only using butt plugs that are Palestinian in this household, (laughs) okay? If you wanna put a little Israel in you, I'm gonna put a little Palestine in me, okay? Like, (laughs) that's how this shit goes. Give and you get, even trade. But anyway, I think I'm gonna get the hell out of uh, here, and uh, yeah, thank you guys for being fun, and uh, we'll see you around this week for the comedy fest.
3: I cock-a, cock-a, cock-a. Sorry, don't oh, worry about no. it. I plan to sweeten this tape later <laughs> for my jokes. Lou's talking about that DNA? We established I am afraid to do that. I already know how my results would turn out. I'm fifty. I'd be fifty percent Irish and fifty percent hillbilly. It just means I grew up too lazy to beat my children. Some of you are like no wait, which side is the? But no, yeah, it's like my kid has. You know, I have the ADHD. And my child also has that. He's 11. You know what they give the kids for the ADHD? Speed, Meth- methamphetamines. I'm like, that's great. Just has throwing a drum set and a picture of Kool-Aid. I'll shoot myself on Friday. Um, but now I'm the laziest parent ever because when, you know, he gets out of line, I'm like, I'm like, listen, hey, you, come on, get over here. here. Take my phone. Go play that game you like. Now you give me any more lip, you'll, I'll give you the tablet. You'll be out of my hair for hours. Uh, so you guys ready to keep this going? Yes, we are. Woo! So now we've got a great comic all the way up from Los Angeles, I would say, right? She's from Los Angeles. And she's very, very funny. I've enjoyed her sets all week. Please keep your hands going for Christy Batter. Bon-
9: Brought my own mic. I also brought my own lunch, because I didn't know what you all were serving here. <laughs> JK. Uh, did anyone uh, up there drinking in the quarantine? I definitely did. I was drinking a lot. Did anyone reach that stage where you would just break a dish so you wouldn't have to wash it? I did. It's because um, drunk uh, dishwashing is is very clumsy. Soap is very crazy. Uh, so, I was (laughs) walking down the street a couple days ago, and met a very cute dog, and I asked the owner what what its name was, and she said, Carl with a K. (laughs) Like I was about to write him a check. Um, and I think she just wanted me to know that it was like Carl, as in Marx, not as in Winslow. Um, (laughs) So that's fine. Uh, So I am an attorney. I think you guys uh, have known this uh, after hearing a few sets of mine. Um, And one of the interesting things that we had to do was uh, conduct investigations, workplace investigations. Like if there was a report of discrimination, we would go in there, conduct an independent investigation One time I was interviewing a C-suite gentleman um, in this company, and I asked him if there were any instances of racism or sexism he had witnessed. And he said that one time after a board meeting, uh, he and a bunch of the gentlemen went to dinner, and somebody brought their friend who was black at the time. (laughs) I was like, hold on, black at the time? is he still black, and also, are you that uncomfortable saying black that you have to hedge it with being like, as far as I know for now, I haven't double-checked? And then he went on to say, and somebody at the dinner table said something like, DC is too black. But I knew what he meant. I said, and what was that? And he said, he meant politically. And I thought that's not better. Still, b- <laughs> still bad. So sometimes you just have to keep a straight face uh, when you're interviewing people, and that's the the hardest thing to do is interview people without judgment on your face. Because I've been told I have very expressive eyebrows, and that's why I can no longer practice law. Um, yeah. So. I am trying to think if I want to like do some new things, or is this just kind of like a free for all? All right. So in the in the law, law theme, I think it is insane that we still have juries. I know that like part of the Constitution, the whole point of constitutional right, you have a jury of your peers, right? And that is presumably so that there is a modicum of reasonableness. Or at least some sort of uh, universal moral standards about how a reasonable person would act in a certain situation, whatever, whatever. But like, I think we're at the point in history now where, like, I I wouldn't even put away, I wouldn't turn off my phone and listen patiently to anybody, let alone to strange attorneys <laughs> in a jury. And it's just wild that. At any moment's notice, the government can be like, hey, what's up? Are you busy? Cancel your plans for three weeks. Turn off your phone and come over and listen to a series of facts and witnesses. And you're going to have to decipher the credibility of both of them. And then you're going to have to make a decision about who will live or die. You busy? Doesn't matter. It's a crime not to come. Um, so yep. So that was basically if if I if somebody had said this bit in front of me I would have been like so your point is juries are weird. Got it. Um I just think that we're no longer P- peers is a really uh really generous word cuz if you've ever uh, been in a jury in in LA County I not I'm not even sure I'm not even. I'm. I just. I just don't know what what peer group. What what that means. I think. i am I'm gonna need to. I'm gonna need a dictionary. Um, I once had to go to a foreign, uh, and by foreign I mean unfamiliar courtroom. Uh, in Benicia, I think, or no, Martinez, Martinez, which is like an hour north of here, north and uh east, and I was looking it up on Google and. There was a Yelp review. There were Yelp reviews for this courtroom. And I know that there are Yelp reviews for everything. But it's just bizarre. Like, somebody gave one star because they were denied their constitutional rights, but then added Flaming Hot Cheetos in the vending machine were exquisite, however. Fair trade. Um, no, that's not true. I just don't think that you should. I think there are some things that you shouldn't be able to. Um, Leave Yelp reviews for. All right, do a couple of ones that you've probably heard already. <laughs> What's your name? I haven't met you before. Or did we meet? By- yes, we have. Yeah, we have. Yes. Wait, don't tell me your name. Okay, good. I'll think of it. Um, I remember because you you told me you had a tag for me one day, and then you never you never c- followed up with it. All right. You couldn't remember what it was. All right, well, let's let's jog your memory, shall you? Shall you? You went up ready, didn't you? It was about Brett Kavanaugh. All right. So let's go there. So as you know, there's a lot of condescension if you're a female in any industry. Law, comedy, doesn't matter. Pick your poison. Um, case in point, I once got... A little notebook at a female workshop for or, or workshop for female attorneys, and the notebook said she believed she could, so she did. It's just great, but also insulting because uh, uh, no male would ever get a, no- a little notebook like small for your little thoughts that said he believed he could, and that's because it, if they made that notebook for men, it would just say he did it, <laughs> he did it, and he got away with it. He didn't even get jail time. He's on the Supreme Court now. That one. And that joke is about everyone on the Supreme Court currently. (laughs) Yeah. I do like having an analytical mind, but sometimes you do have to turn off the faucet. Sometimes you bring, you know, you bring a gun to the knife fight, so to speak. I was once at a restaurant and asked, hey, which is more popular The chicken sandwich or the turkey sandwich? And she said, oh wait, now I fucked up the joke. I'll start over. Which is better, the chicken sandwich or the turkey sandwich? And she said, well, the chicken's more popular. And I said, not my question! And was politely escorted out. One star. (laughs) I don't know. I do like to be in LA, even, I, I mean, I, j- I haven't been there for that long, I moved back, but it, it's, it's really fun. You get to know a lot about everyone you meet. Um, it's the only place I've ever been where your waiters will tell you their dietary restrictions, and that's really fun. I once asked the waitress, how's the burger here? And she said, oh, you know, I'm actually abstaining from meat. And I'm on a cleanse right now. I said, oh, are you abstaining from doing your job as well? Because this is not helpful. I didn't say that. I said, not my question, and then was politely escorted out again. Can you believe? This was on the same day. So upsetting. Then I went to a third restaurant, third time's the charm. So I says to the guy, I says, do you eat meat? He says, ma'am, this is a pet store. so stupid said so, but answer the question Um, you, yeah you gotta listen to the answers they're not answering um so mm-hmm. this is me humming into the microphone so everyone at home listening on the radio knows I didn't die didn't drop dead um So I was raised Christian like many people in this room. And I still identify as a Christian, but I know how off-putting it is to be a Christian because when I meet another Christian, especially if they put on a dating profile, I'm like, ew, what kind? On the count of three, let's just say what Jesus' race was. One, two, three. Oh, no, sorry, not my kind, not my kind of Christian. No, 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 no. I disagree. Oh, no, did I just delete that? I think I just accidentally deleted it. It's fine, We'll we'll get it back later. Okay, so <laughs> I wonder how, is there any way to tell if there's anyone actually listening? Pam, is there any way to tell if anyone's actually tuning in? That's not how the radio works, Christy. It's like radio waves. Okay. All right, well, I was at a bar the other day with a friend. We were just hanging out. She's on the rebound right now because she broke up with somebody. I didn't realize how on the rebound she was because we were we met these guys and we were kind of flirting with them. And then she just started getting really aggressive and was like, yeah, well, I fuck on the first date. So, And I was like, Jesus, I thought I was flirting when I asked the other guy, like, so do you watch Ted Lasso? <laughs> <laughs> Clearly I was not. I think that there is a formula, the more disclosure you have, the more effective your flirtation is, but only up to a certain point. So like up here, a little bit of information, like I'm a Libra. All right, a little bit of information, a little effective. Up here, a lot of information, like something like I like to be blindfolded during sex. That's a lot of information. That's a very effective flirt. But then uh, there's such a thing as too much disclosure like, uh, I have depression, anxiety, and HPV. It goes d- all the way back down. So it's like a bell curve, you know? So you just want that sweet spot um, of, of disclosure and fl- flirtation. I'll write down the mathematical formula later for you if you're interested. Um, but I do, I do have a hard time on dating apps because I flirt like I'm the sole woman in a 1940s newsroom. I'm like, hi ya fellas, that pickup line's so stale you take it to the park and feed the ducks, you see. And I once started a bumble message with the word pray tell. He didn't respond, and that's okay. I respect him more because of it. Um <laughs> So I'm wondering if anyone has put fitness as an interest in dating apps. Have you done that? Yeah, I can't stand that because when I see that, it's like, oh, it's not swimming, not biking, just fitness. Presumably, it's my fitness they're interested in. Like, it's basically like you're putting fitness, you're not into fitness, you're into hot people. Just say that. It's like when guys write, looking for a cool girl with no drama. That means, please don't share any of your feelings with me. And that's fine. It is really nice to not be at a law firm anymore. Um, I went from just spending day after day after day chained to a computer for 10 hours just absolutely hating my job and hating life. And now I get to spend day after day after day chained to a computer for 10 hours hating myself. Way way much w- more of an upgrade, I would say. Um. I'm going to have one more crack at this. I think my dad became a doctor just so that nobody would tell him what to do. <laughs> like, he always sits outside in the sun for hours and hours and hours. And he just is like, it's so dark. And he has all these like little like moles and I'm really worried about. And I'm like, dad, really got to put sunscreen on. And he's like, it would be fine. I'm fine. And then I'm like, Dad, I, I think that that one looks really bad. That mole, you should really check that out. And he's like, Which one of us is the doctor here? And I have to shut the fuck up because he really he he, he wins that one. Um, all right, I've heard one more thing. I've heard that a lot of people are like into incest porn. Call me old fashioned, but I'm just not into that whole concept of incest porn. Call me really old fashioned. And I'm back into this idea of incest porn. All right, that's gonna be all for me. Thanks for listening. Give it up for Casey McNeil.
3: My mic is on, Christy Bonner. Doing all original material. Albeit one joke, I think I saw the, all that shit is new and I loved it. Give her another hand because I heard her working on that and that's why I know how good it was. Everyone in the room was dying. They were, uh, I, and I no, no, I mean everybody was dying laughing. It was great stuff. Uh, the whole room and it's good. No, I loved it. I it's okay. We're workshopping. We're we're. You did crush it. There's three people in the room, and we were all laughing. How much fucking better can you do than that? Three people all laughing. Now, that's good. When you got a room of three, and they're all, you're doing better than I did, so don't sell yourself short, because I didn't get the laughs from these fuckers. All right? So, knock it off. All right. So, yeah, and I'm still workshopping because I can. We have another comic to come up, but I'm going to do this bit because I, I want it, because I, it's it's not even written. Um, so <laughs> made me think of this. He was talking about Boston people and their, their personality. Uh, they have a very interesting person. They have a very interesting way of showing love. When I first moved to Boston, I remember it was the middle of winter time, and I walked out in front of this hotel and I slipped out of my feet and this bam, right fell right on my ass. These two guys came out to me and said, Hey, Hey, y'all all right, kid. Cause all said, hey, y'all all right kid. I'm like, yeah, I'm okay. They're like, great. Could you do that again? So But what I've come, I just recently found this out. I don't even know how true this is, but for the purposes of the joke, it is true. Um, I have heard that, you know, English people did not have the English accents that they have now in the time of the Revolutionary War. And then in point of fact, Bostonians spoke largely the way they do now back then and that that's supposedly the oldest accent and most original you know accent and the accent everybody used in those times and i just think to myself how much less romantic history is when i think about bostonians back in you know the revolutionary times like like paul Revere's ride day you know like those rat bastards are coming no they're coming we got to make the ride and do the church and all that shit no, you <laughs> – no. yeah, we're going to meet at Mars for coffee after. No, Sully, it's fucking – no, Sully, it's fucking one if by land, two if by sea. Yeah, meet at Moz for coffee cake after. <laughs> no, no, don't bring Sheila. Tammy can't stand her. <laughs> so that is in its infantile stage, so thanks a lot for a giggle. I'll take a giggle on that. And now I have a comic that is – that I have to tear away from – deep conversations in order to be brought up on the stage. She is the founder of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. We love her. She has been an absolute gem for years in this thing. I can't believe all the work that she does, and she's still funny. Please put your hands together for Pam Benjamin. I'll just
1: use this as an impassioned plea to say, please, if you're listening, come to the Scott Capro headlining show tomorrow, please. Uh, I lied to him and told him that there might be 80 people total. And they were like, Ooh, that's not good. You need to have a consolidate to one show. And I was like, I was so inflating my numbers when 12 people, when 12 people walk in, that's going to be mass humiliation. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm uh I was going to do jokes, but I'll just I'll just run one because I um you were talking about football or Bill Belichick or whatever. I'm kind of mad at that that guy that who's that perfect guy? Tom Brady. <laughs> well, like he uh I feel like they're misusing his talents. It makes me kind of angry, you know, because they keep having him running around on the football field throwing the ball. And really, they should just lock him in a closet. And he should be jizzing in cups, so he can impregnate as many women as possible. Because there's there's the next president in that nutsack. I'm sure of it. Get him off the football field and into everyone's hearts. I mean, vaginas. Uh, I learned a lot about, you know, being a woman from reading the Bible, and it did. Everything I know is from the, the book of Esther. Really, incredible book of the Bible. Esther, she saves the entire Jewish people. How does she do that? Is she clever. She good at puzzles. Incredible orator. Nay. <laughs> <laughs> she had a hot rack. It didn't look Jewy. Her name was Sadasa, they changed it. That was it, she just didn't look chewy. Okay, well, impassioned plea, because tomorrow, like, even tonight, you know, usually my uh, Siento shows on a Wednesday always have like 20 people, and there's nine people coming to two shows. I'm just like, I don't know, man. Is it because, but then it's like, if you don't charge money, people don't have see value in it. You have to charge them something so they see value. But then, if they don't want it, they're like, I ain't going to pay. So it's like, do I just take the ticket? I don't know what to do. Anyways, enjoy the rest of the festival. Stage time in front of no one. Yay.
3: Yay. We know that we're rallying the Mutiny Radio Army to come out to to El, the El Rio Theater tomorrow. Two shows with Tony Sparks.
1: One one show. It's no, at 8, eight o'clock. Show. It's at 8 o'clock. I had to consolidate. There's only eight, one show now. One
3: show at 8 o'clock with Scotty Capuro and Tony Sparks as well as all a great selection of Mutiny Radio Comedy Fest folks. So come on out. Get your tickets while you can. We've been here at the 2021 Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival, the sixth annual, doing a little working out this afternoon for you, just for you. We have jokes for each and every one of you. We don't know when they'll hit you. (laughs) (laughs) So you have to stay tuned in. All right, we're going to be back very soon. We're on Mutiny Radio. Don't touch that dial. <laughs> Just to find, I have
4: found what I've searched to discover. <laughs> I come
10: to <A> ours <laughs> and, uh rolling yet now it's thinking about it here we go
7: So
8: free
10: yeah that's the rolling stones doing uh ruby tuesday um great story about that record <laughs> <laughs> that's the of that one uh back to the basement um uh, let's see i'm gonna go this is um uh filth from the front if you dig this uh that's this. Re- that's the record it's by uh full grown men uh, full grown m i n men uh, this song I'm going to play is called Lions. If you dig it, look for them on Bandcamp. Um, see I'm touching that. It's so small. My th- I got such a fat thumb. There it goes. Pause button has received my request. was uh, peter gabriel um Uh, yeah i forget um we're going back to the basement this is nicholas edwin so N I C H O L A S, E D, W I N. the song's called brown paint it's a dance number goes like this uh the pause button is there that's going in linear fashion.